Blog Talk Radio. On this show, Meeting Your Potential for Ultimate Success with our very special guest, Julie Turner. Join me now, Reverend Dr. Michael Leike, on a journey towards oneness with our higher self and a life of being all that we can be. Welcome back, everybody, to our show. We have our very special guest, Julie Turner, who's a performance coach and hypnotherapist this week. Um, not that she's that this week. It's, she's back again this week. And uh, thank you, Julie, so much for joining us. We've got a topic that is really the crux of a lot, a lot of issues. A lot of um, people are hesitant to move forward. A lot of people maybe get anxiety. A lot of people are not quite performing as uh, to their potential. And really the secret lies in self-esteem, self-worth, um, questions unconsciously or not arise in their mind, am I truly worthy of success, things like that. And, and when one gets to realize, not that we have so much conscious control, but we can take responsibility about issues like that, then we make breakthroughs, and, and that's why you're here. That's one of the many reasons why you're here. Uh, I'd love you to share either some stories with us or um, how you have found breakthroughs with your clients and patients. I do love stories, Dr. Michael, so thank you so much for, for again, for having me here uh, as a return visitor. That's very exciting to me. So I have so many stories that fit into this topic. I'm very that this is what we're talking about, so grateful. Um, for myself, I, I can share stories of clients, but I can also share stories of my own. When I'm working with a client, no matter why they come to me, I ask them to do something for me right within the first you know, 10 to 15 minutes of meeting, and that is to describe themselves in just two to four words. I don't want a big, long sentence or anything like that. Uh, but just to describe themselves in two to four words. And what I find is more than 90% of adults stick to personality traits. But I've been really fortunate enough to be able to ask this question of children as well, and children stick to facts. So they, the adults, will say that they are um, lazy or a perfectionist. Whether it's good or bad doesn't matter, but they claim personality traits. Whereas children will say their age, and their eye color, and their hair color. And that to me is beautiful. It's so simple. Um, I will share why in a moment, but what about yourself, Dr. Michael? Like, do you find that a lot in your clients, class clients? I do, and I find it very, very interesting as well that a lot of people, even at parties or get-togethers, let alone in the therapy stage, if you will, um, define themselves by their career, um, you know, yeah. Who is Joe Schmo? Oh, I'm a therapist. Who is, who is 
Helen Fribish, oh, I'm, I'm a doctor. And it's like, well, yeah, you are career-wise, but there's more than that, right, to you. Right. And the thing is that there's nothing wrong with having these personality traits. That's not where the problem lies. The problem lies is when you can't decide whether you want to adopt that personality trait that day. So what I mean by that is, um, I'll give you an example. I had a young client in his early 20s, and I asked him to describe himself, and he used lots of beautiful terms, loyal, disciplined, lots of things that are all very positive. And then I asked him how those things got in his way, if they ever got in his way. And he had an answer really quickly. And the fact is that I fought that fight myself on a personal level where for a long time I was, I needed to be perfect in everything or perceived perfect. So I was a perfectionist and I was disciplined and I was all of these things. And when I didn't want to be those things, it caused so much pain. And that's where the problem lies is when you decide who you are or society gives you a label Exactly, and and self-esteem and self-image is all tied in, let alone worthiness. And I don't know if we even want to bother getting into upbringing and how our parents treated us or how our peers treated us. Add that into the mix of self-esteem or self-image as well. And 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 you have a great uh, mixture of feelings and emotions around there. And um, uh, I've noticed as well that it's not always just the memories, but it's also the feelings associated with uh, who we're identifying with as. Uh, that sounds like yeah. a long sentence, but, y you know, you get what I mean. And um, how does one even begin to approach the emotional repercussions or the feelings around um, self-esteem, self-image, and worth, self-worth? Well, and the thing is, just to, to go back for just one second, like you were saying, you don't know if we want to go into childhood upbringing, peers, teachers, all that kind of stuff, but it is a fact that nobody is born thinking they are lazy or that they are disciplined. Yes. Get those messages over and over and over again from somewhere. Now, we as children don't have a filter to decide if we believe that or not, but as adults we do. So we get to go back, and I always say, if you learn nothing from speaking to me, please know that you can check in on your belief system and decide if they still work for you. That is my message to the world. It's that whatever it is that's holding you back, look and see if it actually makes sense for you in your current life. It's funny, I call that a reality check in, in my lingo and in, in what I do, and it's kind of like it, it's a good idea for pay, patients, clients, students, etc., to double check from time to time where they stand as far as self-image is concerned. Do you see yourself as a go-getter? Do you still see yourself as one who's kind of um, killing time until something comes along or that sort of thing? Um, so that's really, really crucial. How does one make a shift? How does one even begin to, I guess, first they have to acknowledge where they are, right? Thank you for bringing that up because uh, that's, for me, again, it's not, it's not that I, I don't have a prescription for how to deal with people by any means. Everyone's an individual. But I do, once I've gotten who they decide they are, again, good or bad, some people are lazy and they're procrastinators and they're, these are their names, um, and whether they're that or whether they're all these wonderful, positive, lovely things, some 
Yes. That's a reprogramming or reconditioning, if you will, of the unconscious mind. And I want to elaborate at this at this point in our chat. Um, I found when, when I get a new client or a new patient or student, uh, a little bit of apprehension. And I know we're dealing with the broad public out there. Um, so we have everything from people who are ready. They've taken different therapies. Now they're ready for hypnotherapy or or we've got the other end of the spectrum where um, people don't know where to begin. And we have those somewhere in the middle where they have some idea and are kind of excited, but also are fearful. Because I, I was completely unaware of this because my mom actually went through um, hypnotherapy. She, her doctor back when I was born in the 50s, used hypnotherapy as an anesthetic. And apparently in, in Montreal it wasn't that common. It became more common and probably moved west over decades. But there's still stigma, I, from what I understand, especially after moving out here 25 years ago, and even superstitions around hypnosis or, or meditation. And uh, in this case we'll talk hypnosis. And um, even to this day, when I offer that as an option, people go, and I'm quoting, I don't want anyone messing with my mind. And it's like, oh, dear. So I'd like us at this point, we're going to backtrack a little bit, and because I want people to embrace hypnosis as a tool, as science, as something that is not going to mess you up. Um, you're not going to lose control. I remember when I studied hypnotherapy through uh, the Robert Shields College of Hypnotherapy in England, there was about a dozen apprehensions, potential apprehensions that the broad public has. And one of them was, oh, losing control, that maybe they'll be in this altered state forever or it'll take forever for them to get out of it, uh, or that the therapist has control, some kind of control over them. Um, and I'd like to very briefly address that, please, with you, so you know, so we can, if you'll pardon the pun, put people's minds at ease. Right. Yeah. Um, wow, that is a huge, huge subject because I could absolutely go into uh, to detail about. First of all, most of the public is hypnotized. They're hypnotized. 
Yes. Uh, 
a misconception about what hypnosis is. It's not a magical land that we send you to. It is a different brainwave within your own brain, and you are capable every single day. And you actually do go into hypnosis every single day. So it's very interesting to me, um, just that sentence. And I can see it. Dr. Michael is, is a, magi a magician, and he's a mystic, and he's all kinds of amazing things, as well as a practical you know, PhD and everything else. So, whereas I tend to um, more embrace my logical side. Yeah. Uh, I don't have another side, but I, I definitely love to live in, in my logic and work with clients from there forward. And so I love that that's a lot of different people for each one. Absolutely. So, it's a very, very exciting field we've chosen to be in and um, one that can help people to help themselves. Yes. And the key, now, now that I've taken a little detour, I'm going to very subtly, or not, detour back to where we kind of left off as far as acknowledging. <laughs> um, as far as acknowledging, okay, let's say the client uh, has acknowledged that they have a situation, an issue, an attitude, and they're ready, and, and they're actually excited about approaching this. And that's kind of almost half the battle for us as therapists. Um, when I first started out, I used to do a lot of stop smoking and lose weight therapies. And half the battle was um, the man or the woman would come to see me because their spouse pushed them to stop smoking. It was They loved smoking. They didn't want to stop smoking. And, and for me, that was kind of an uphill battle, if you will. If they don't really want to, they're not going to. And so I would, um, my hypnotherapy teacher said three, three times, three therapies or over, you know, three sessions. For me, I went six. I always did six. I always like to overkill. Um, and, and we would review, and I would make sure it's every other night, or I, I forget, you know, I, I believe it was every other time. And, and we would do it. 90, more than 90% of the time, the person's desire to smoke was gone. They, they likened it to something horrible, and they really, by the end, they wanted, a, they wanted to, um, to quit smoking. But um, they had to first acknowledge Okay, not that they're doing it for their spouse, but they're doing it for them. And I'd have to go through this whole thing of logic of where, well, you know, it's not good for your health. You know, many people get lung cancer, blah, 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 and, until something would finally kick in. And um, uh, I'll never forget one horror story I had was I went through five sessions. The person seemed to be progressing. Uh, we did exercises in and out of class. And then I looked down right five minutes before they were set to come for the last session, and he was lighting up a cigarette right outside my window. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I bugged him. I teased him about that. I said, well, you know, this $600 that you just spent is a waste of time if you're going to do that. That clicked in. You know, in the end, it could be just money. It could be just, okay, that's the motivation. I'm going to spend this amount of money. I'm going to see results. And no matter what route or what road the person takes, they have to want to get better. They have to want to progress. And um, I don't know if you've worked with, um, um, simply because I've never asked you before, with uh, athletes. Oh, yeah, quite a bit. Um, oh. I do work with quite a few athletes 
Yeah. And um, because I have that background in not only in, in sport, but in nutrition as well, so we can have a, a true conversation. And I always promote that you can be limitless in every way. You are the only one that sets limits. I do want to touch on the non-smoking thing. I very seldom work with non with people trying to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I tell people if they do approach me with that is I will help you stop smoking if you will help me figure out why you're smoking in the first place. Perfect. Or overeating. Um, yes. You know, it's the same sort of thing. What are they compensating for or overcompensating? Absolutely. Right? And what, what, is, what does smoking or food mean to you? And some people don't actually know... And I have absolutely had people to say, I don't want to know. Like, I don't want to know what my past is. I don't want to know what happened. And the thing is, is that people are afraid to find out that they've had trauma. Yes. And I have a little, you know, just a little um, flash, news flash for everybody. You've all been through trauma. And it's just at what level. So, for example, if you are a three-month-old baby and somebody accidentally slams the cover door beside your head, you've never experienced that. It is traumatic to you. So we have all had traumas in our lives. Um, so you are going to come up with something, but it, it will probably not be what you think it is. Other people, absolutely. But, you know, people people need to stop being afraid of their own mind. Their own, what's stored in their own mind should not be scary. It is a learning process no matter what the situation. Exactly. They say, yeah, they say true wisdom is when you can actually look back and not have an emotional connection to, to whatever happened, yes. but understand what happened and learn from it. And there are people that have gone through some horrible, traumatic things, and there's no judgment if you don't want to look back, at that. But if you want to progress in life, we have to... We have to be able to acknowledge the things that we've been doing and move forward. Absolutely, absolutely, and and it's completely therapeutic too. When when we face our greatest fears or our traumas, or if you as a therapist has accessed through their willing cooperation that unconscious trauma that occurred, then the person stands a chance to heal and to let it go and to shift it from an emotional trauma to just fact. We're going to take a brief um, uh, break for a meditation and a promo. I hope you all stick around because we'll be back with more of Julie Turner. Listen and watch Fridays to my podcasts and webcasts on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, MixCloud, Spreaker Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Anchor FM, Facebook, YouTube, and Stitcher. Go inward now for a few moments. Right here, right now. We become aware of this endless field of love energy in which we reside. We are one and the same with it. Individualized expressions of the one which we are extensions of. As we breathe, so does love breathe. As we live, so does love live. As we laugh, create, contribute, 
multiply, so too does love laugh, create, contribute, and multiply. Because love is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, and is always expanding, so too are we expanding. For love needs us to expand and to create, to express, and to be all that it can be. We affirm and we declare right here and right now in this energy of love that we are already all that is great. We all are already all that is eternal and good because that is what we are allowing to be born through us as us. We are already perfection continually blossoming through us as us and it feels good. It feels great. As above, so below. We give thanks for this word, knowing that it is law and is already so in the mind of the universe. We release the word in gratitude and appreciation, letting it be so now and unto forevermore. And so it is. And so it is. Amen. 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 And we're back. Uh, we're just having an amazing chat with performance coach and hypnotherapist Julie Turner that has uh, uh, kindly agreed to join us again this week. Um, I want to recap up until this point that um, um, A, the potential client, student, patient has to acknowledge that they have an issue that they would like to approach or like to heal or like to tackle. Um, hypnotherapy is not a scary thing. It doesn't mess with people's minds. It does not um, rule, so to speak. It does not make one do something they're not supposed to. Um, even if, um, and uh, I remember reading this, as a hypnotherapist, if we just walked away while the person's in altered state, about 10 minutes later, they come out of it anyway. So they're not stuck. They're never stuck. Um, another issue um, that I want to bring up very, very briefly is sometimes, I'll, and I warn my clients, I, I tell them that they may be lying there with their eyes shut and focusing on whatever I've given them to focus on, and they may think that they're not under, they're not in altered state. And um, I say to them, they might even feel like they can just get up at any time. Well, that's actually part of the suggestion as well, so that they're not necessarily um, thinking they're lost or in some other void. And, and right. because I simply want them to remember the suggestions. So let's carry on. Uh, we still have a couple of minutes, Julie. Um, where does one take a potential client who's willing and ready to far exceed their expectations even? Well, like I said, it's, um, for me, it's all about goals and standards at that point. Once they are ready and they're able and willing to release their own belief systems about themselves, and, you know, we do a little bit of work around that. I always tell people hypnosis is quicker than talk therapy, um, but it is not a, a one, one appointment situation depending on what you're looking to achieve, of course. So, and I do coaching. So it's not just, I don't only do hypnosis. So I'll help my clients decide what they're looking for in their life. And sometimes that's in their relationships, sometimes it's career, sometimes it's in sports, whatever the case may be, what are they looking for? 
And then that's their goal. So then we can give them a visualization or a hypnosis. I go into hypnosis with them and we imagine that goal. And we imagine that they've achieved that goal. And what's that going to mean to them? And we give them a visual of what's going on around them and who's there with them and what does it mean and how does it feel and what does it mean about you. And all these things are really, really important to attach on both Exactly. The goal. Exactly. And then once you've got that goal to mix in, then what standards do you need to raise in your life? What boundaries do you need to put in place and what standards do you need to raise so that not only is this goal achievable, but that it is just effortless. Exciting. What an exciting journey that is and to have people as your guide potentially. How can people uh, reach you? Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us again this week, Julie. I know what you have to offer people is life-altering. And hopefully you'll join us uh, again in the future. I want to thank you, Julie. I want to thank all our listeners and viewers as well. Until next time, peace and richest blessings. Join me now, Reverend Dr. Michael Leike, on a journey towards oneness with our higher self and a life of being all that we can be 